Yo, 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 what's up? Hey, welcome, welcome. We're here, episode three. Episode three of season two. Of season two. Man, I love it. Dave, so tell us about your Disney trip really quick. Okay, yeah, so we were just talking about Disney. My family, <clears throat> growing up, I'm the youngest of five, so there were, you know, yeah. never did big vacations as we were growing up. Uh-huh. So it wasn't until I was like 20 years old that my, my parents said, okay, we're going to take the whole family to Disney. And so all of us grown adults with our spouses and girlfriends and everything, we went down to Disney together. Everybody? Everybody. Dude, your family is huge. It was, it was great. And That's so awesome. we, my brother's friend is a Disney nut. I, Ed, if you're listening, love you. Uh, love your podcast. What's so your favorite bad. movie? Oh, we got to do that. Yeah, we got to have that. you on. So Ed, he's this awesome Disney fanatic, and he gave us the perfect itinerary for the day of how to spend Magic Kingdom hour by hour to get the most out of the park. And so we're there on Main Street, and a Disney representative walks by, and they're asking about the itinerary, and they say, "Um, this itinerary looks great, but there's something missing from it. We're like, missing? (laughs) It wouldn't miss anything. And then uh, they say, being the Grand Marshals in the Disney parade for the day. Yeah, that's awesome. And we were like, what? Uh, that's just totally awesome. Dude. And so they uh, hooked a couple of, the, of my siblings up, gave us all the bunny ears with our names on or the, the mouse Mickey ears. ears. Yeah, Mickey, yeah, ears yeah. Mickey ears with a name on it. And uh, yeah, a couple of my siblings were the grand marshal, the front carriage, like waving to people the whole time. Whoever, whatever Disney employee decided to do that, is like they they are exceptional at what they do yeah Uh, it was magical to have the the foresight and the idea and just the ah the attention to do that so the right place at the right time sitting on the curb at you know on main street in disney to being told that you know i tell you talking about disney wait 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 wait. we got to introduce we don't even introduce it how rude our listeners don't even know who's sitting in the room today dave the reason we were talking about florida is because our guest today angel angel jimenez from Florida. Yeah, what yes. part of Florida are you from, Angel? Clearwater, Florida. Oh. Clearwater, that's where, Clearwater Hulk, Hulk, that's where Hulk Hogan lives. <laughs> no, we don't talk about him. <laughs> that's right, we don't. Uh-huh. Clearwater is nice. Yes, and the beach is even more amazing. Yeah, that's right. So Angel's a, a buddy of mine, a buddy of ours. Yes. But I met Angel in 2010. I thought it was, a two, I thought it was 2009. Oh. Maybe. Yeah, it was 2009. Maybe. Yes, 2009. 2009. Why are you so sure about 2009? Like, because that's, that's, a, yeah. when, that's when I met Dion. I remember. Uh-huh. That's when I met Dion. I think 2009. You know what? You don't need to back oh, off. Oh, we went from no, yes, no, no, it's 2009. Wait, to before we went down, did you come up? No, I. you guys came. Remember, Dion came down first. You guys were down for... That um, was... Yeah. When you guys had a conference in Florida, and that's when Dion and I... Oh, you know what? I wasn't at the conference. I came down later in February of 2010. Yes, in 2010. And the only reason why I remember... February 2010 is really close to 2009. I'm saying this is like right on the line. I know, but the only reason why I know this so vividly is because that's when me and my wife got acquainted. Absolutely. That's when I met Fry Fry for the first time, too. So that's why I knew I met you in 2010. (laughs) Yeah. Because I... And that was amazing. We had an amazing story. Yeah, it's an amazing story. So... In many ways, Angel was part of me and my wife rekindling things yeah. and giving. And Dion, don't forget Dion. 
of course, Dion, Angel, and my wife and I uh, rekindling our dating romance, which eventually led to our marriage a year and a half later. Wow. It was because of that trip. So here's the story. Here's why. So Dion is one of my best friends in the whole world, right? So she used to work here at Bridgeway, and uh, she wanted to go to Florida, spend some time, see her new boo. And I wanted to go, too, because I just wanted to go to Florida, right? So Bridgeway has this policy where, like, guy, girl shouldn't be traveling places by themselves just for accountability, right? One of the things that is on the table when you work for a church, right? Mm-hmm. So just for accountability. So we were thinking, oh, man, we need somebody to go with us so it's not just us two. So it doesn't look, you know. And Friday was a friend of mine. You know, we had dated for a couple of months back in 2008. Didn't work out. Mm-hmm. We'll talk more about that in another episode. <laughs> sure. Um, Can I be included? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that later. So, but all of 2009, we remained in touch, friends. So I call her up. I'm like, hey, what are you doing next month? You want to go to Florida with me and Dion? And she was like, let me call you back. Calls me back in a couple of minutes. She's like, okay, I'm in. I was wow. like, wow. Yeah, it was pretty no, amazing. No, but when you, when you said, hey, you want to come to Florida with me and my friend, you know what you were doing. I guess so. Yeah. Of course you did. I mean, I didn't, I didn't not know what I was doing. Sure. I mean, you didn't call me. Well, we're going to, you know, we're going <laughs> to pretend know? that he knew what he was you doing. Didn't, you didn't call me. <laughs> well, here's the thing. See, we got to say this for another episode because <laughs> you, got, you guys got to understand how my 2009 with Friday was. Like, I don't want to make this episode about me, mm-hmm. but, like, I was trying to, like, foster a friendship between us because it didn't work out. Uh, her, on the other hand, she was kind of confused as to why I would reach out to her, why I would call her randomly time to time. And so she was very brief, very short with me. So when she was like, yeah, I'll come, it was, it was kind of a surprise. She was actually short with you? Yeah. I don't believe that. Not rude way, but she was just like, I would, I'd call her on the phone really? randomly and be like, hey, how you doing? She's like, oh, good. How can someone be short to Dante? <laughs> I can't believe that, man. Hey, you we, we all know how it ended. You know, <laughs> yes, the first we ra- They got a little, they got uh, a baby. Well, so that, so, no, <laughs> so we don't know how the round one ended. You oh, know, right? yeah, that's right. That's another yeah, episode. I'm sorry. Yeah. So anyway, we would talk for a few mm-hmm. minutes, and then she'd be like, all right, I got to go. And I'd be like, what the heck? What? Yeah. I just, all right, what do you have to do? Okay, bye. She would, that would happen over and over again. So when the, when the, the Disney, the, the Florida trip came out, I was like, she might come, she might not. I was, I think, primarily in the forefront of my mind, I was looking forward to having a meaningful time of connecting with her. Mm-hmm. You know? I get it, yeah. I didn't know. Meaningful. I didn't know that it would blossom into what it did because we'll get on this in another episode and then I'm done. When we were in Florida, we had a big fight, me and Friday. Really? Yeah. We had a big fight. We weren't even together. We had a big fight. Wow. And I was there, and I didn't even know those two had a, had mm-hmm. a disagreement. We didn't talk for a full day. Wow. Yeah. That's how you know it'll work out. It's when you can yeah. fight with somebody and not talk to them for a whole day, <laughs> you know? but everybody else thinks y'all are doing great. Yeah, I hope that little that's brief... That's how you know. That's love, the key to marriage. I hope that little brief story was a good teaser. You, you want to hear something? You want to hear something crazy, though? Um, it was funny because, you know, Dion and I were in the midst of dating, and we were in the midst of also getting to know each other, and... She right away called it out that Dante and Friday were going to get married. I mean, it was insane. And I, and I looked at her and I'm like, ah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, they're, I mean, they're both young, you know, and mm-hmm. she was like, no, I got a feeling. She's awesome. She's this and she's that. And um, 
I knew I had a winner, you know, when it came to an amazing woman because, I mean, she just had the foresight of just telling that people are genuine because she's so genuine. That's and, awesome. And, you know, my wife, she saw me at the midst of, some, of my worst, and she saw what amazing man mm. I could be. And now she's seeing the amazing man that I have become. And there's still more to my story. I'm not that, I'm not quite there yet. I'm in probably part one or two <laughs> of my story. But, um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. one of those things where when God blesses you with, a, with an amazing person, I just not just got blessed with Dion, but I got blessed with an amazing friend like Dante. Hmm. It's kind of funny because I'm going to bring this up, but Dante and I call each other cheese. Every time we talk to each other, we say, hey, what's up, cheese? What's up, cheese? We text each other, cheese. <laughs> you know, and, and people don't understand this dynamic about cheese, but how we got the cheese is one day we're at Magic Kingdom. Actually, we were at... Um, Universal Studios? No, we were Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios. That's and Dion... Um, Dante and I were standing at a food truck, and we were looking at corn dogs, and then we started talking about cheese. And I think Dante and I had like a 15-minute dialogue about cheese. <laughs> Sounds likely. And, and it was so cool because I was so hungry after that. And uh-huh. I kept telling Dion, like, man, I got to eat. Man, I'm hungry, man. That Dante, all he wanted to talk was cheese. But, you know, <laughs> here I am. I'm talking about cheese, too. Uh-huh. And um, but yeah, it was just amazing. It was it was probably one of the best days of my life. That was an you know awesome hanging day. out. I remember, um, we also took a picture. You and I wearing the oh the, the uh, magician hats, uh, yeah, the wizard hats from the um, from Sorcer- Fantasia. Sorcer- 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. So that's a crazy picture. That's man. awesome. I'll post it on the website. Yeah, you when, should because this 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 will go on my website. So I'll, I can post liner notes and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the that's the origin of cheese. Yeah, cheese. That's right, awesome. So, so I would love for people to get to know him a little bit. Can we do a little uh, lightning round quiz yeah. for you? Absolutely. Uh, so so just, Angel has not been prompted with nope. these questions. Nope. But one thing we like to do is remind people of where they came from. Yeah. Okay. And so, Angel, we know that you turned 18 in the year 1989. Yeah, yeah your coming crazy. of age year. Right? Coming of age. And so when somebody turns wow. 18, you, a lot of times we mark those years of our life by the music that we listen to. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you, what we did was we looked up the top uh, 10 songs okay. of 1989. Okay. And we want to see how much you remember those songs of your you know, coming okay. of age. All right. Yeah. All right, so what I'm going to do is this is the Billboard Top 10. Okay. I'm going to give you the artist. Okay. And you got to see if you know the name of the song that okay. hit the top of the charts. Okay. All right. Were you a music person back back in the day? Do I you was have some a music? little bit. I listened okay. a little bit of music. All right. So there's some songs here that I have no clue about. So you might know more than me. But then there's some artists where I'm okay, like, well, oh, I want to okay. apologize first if I if I don't know the song. Everyone does terrible at <laughs> everybody. Yeah. I don't know why we keep doing this <laughs> because nobody knows. All right. Okay. So we're gonna try to move kind of quick through this. Okay. So if you know it, you know it. Okay. Anita Baker. Do you know Anita Baker? Oh, man, what's the name? Uh, I know Anita Baker. Okay. Um, man, I have the song on the tip of my tongue. I have it humming in my head, but I don't okay. remember. Hum it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm bad at humming, man. You have no idea. <laughs> All right, giving you um, the best yeah, I got. Yeah. You know oh. that song? Yeah, yes, I do. That was an you know awesome song. I didn't know that song at oh, all. Oh, real quick, quick. Talking okay. about music, um, my wife got um, XM Radio for my car for my birthday. And yeah. I tell you what, man, I'm jamming to the 80s and the 90s. That takes me awesome. back. Well, hopefully you got some, uh, okay. some refreshers here. A band called Will to Power. 
Oh, yeah. I remember. Man, what's the name of that song? No idea. You know what? I know the band. I just Ooh, can't remember the song. baby, I love your way. Yeah. yeah. Every day. So they did uh, uh, Baby, I Love Your Way and Freebird medley. So, you know, Freebird, Leonard Skinner. No? Okay. Yeah. Man, I'm horrible at this. Okay. No, no, no. You're good. Have to sing that. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. Which one? Oh, girl. blame it on the rain. Oh, nice oh, try. Yeah. What do you girl, got? You know it's true. Girl, girl, you know it's true. <laughs> Which is the song they were performing live when the record yeah. skipped. Yeah. And they got, and they got busted. They got okay. lip syncing. Hey, you All remember right. the show in Living Color yeah. with Damon Wayans and his brother used to make fun of them? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they had Bet, some hits though. Bette yeah, Midler. Bette Midler. Uh, wing. Uh, wings beat by Wing. Yeah. Yep. Got it. That's number seven. Number six. Paula Abdul. Um, shoot. Um, she had a lot of hits. Yeah, so she it's did. Hard, oh, hard man, what's the name of that song? She and she just performed on the Billboard Awards. Um, what hit in 1989 was yeah. "Cold Hearted." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. How about Janet Jackson? Number Rhythm five. Rhythm Nation, right? Rhythm Nation. That was in '89. '89. Miss You oh. Much. Dante got it. Yeah. All right, nice. nice. That's the Rhythm How Nation. Old are you it's off the oh, Rhythm right. Nation album. Yeah, yeah, it is. Paul was... Abdul. Again. Straight up now, tell me. Yeah. 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 Hey, you know what she did before she became a singer? She was a choreographer. But before that? Who? Paul Lakers. or Janet? Lakers. A Lakers girl. Lakers girl, yeah. I love Paul. Paul Abdul, man. I'm she a was big a Lakers fan. girl. How about the band Poison? Uh, what song? That's what Thorn, you got to guess. Um, <laughs> yep. Thorn, what's yep. it? Uh, Every rose has its thorn. thorn. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You're killing Rock this. ballads. Bobby Brown. Um, oh, come on, this is it. Every little bit, right? Is it every, um, no, wait, my prerogative. My, my prerogative. prerogative. <laughs> I can do what I want to do is my prerogative. <laughs> That's so funny. Yo, we need to make a playlist. Uh, and then, I know this is a good absolutely, year, this right? Is, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then Chicago. You're a Chicago fan? Uh, yeah. Uh, I like Chicago. I just don't know yeah. any uh, names shoot, of the Shoot, is it from the Karate Kid movie? <laughs> the Karate Kid 2? Yeah, just guess it. Uh, shoot. Um, the song every is little Look the, Away. Yeah. The song is Look Away. Look Away. Yeah. I, I listened to the track, and I, I didn't even recognize that yeah. one. So, yeah. All right. That was number one. Yo, so, I think I think you, you did know, the I best. Got, I'm sorry. Yeah, I got I robbed. I think he did the best. I thought I got yeah. robbed, man, because I thought it was uh, the Miami Sound Machine, man. Oh, yeah, uh, no, it's know, in 89? Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. All right, so last, last question is, do you know the highest grossing film of 1989? The highest grossing The highest film? grossing film. Uh, I don't know. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's oh. insane. But wow. also that year was Batman. Okay. Oh, oh Michael yeah. Keaton. Also that yeah. year, Back to the Future Part Two. Also yes. that year, Dead Poet Society. Also that year, Ghostbusters 2, The Little Mermaid. Yeah, oh, big yeah, that was years. huge, man. That was a big years. year for movies, man. 89. Yeah, I don't 89 remember any of it. All around was great. <laughs> you don't remember any of it. That's a story in another in a blur. The 20s, man. The 20s were just a blur for me. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're glad you're on the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Bet. So let's get into a little bit of your journey here. Yeah. So like you're, we're obviously, well, not obvious to those that may not know, but we are in Maryland. Yep. But you came from Florida. Um, well, you know what? Let's touch on that a little bit later. First of all, I got to give Angel props because uh, he's sitting here across from us and uh, you look amazing. You look oh, amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. you look Drastically different. Oh, I, I feel than you did different. just a year ago. Absolutely. Um, Angel has been on this lifelong journey, really, but yeah. specifically over the last couple of years of dramatic weight loss, 
Uh, give us an update. How many pounds have you shed? And give us the time frame of how long it's taken you to get to where you are now. Um, yeah, well, let me see. I started, um, I had my surgery in April of last year, mm-hmm. uh, right before my birthday. And um, it's now going on a month and a half since, yeah, a month and a half since I've had my, so it's been a year now, so a year and an extra a month, month and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, half a month since I've had my surgery, and I've lost 130 pounds, I think wow. a little bit more, maybe 135. That's a person. Um, yeah, that's, that's absolutely, that is another person. I still have <laughs> like another 30 pounds to go, and I'm at my weight goal, which mm. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty excited about. Yeah, congrats. But it, 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 it's one of those journeys, yeah, thank you. It's one of those journeys where, um, you know, a lot of people say that, uh, you know, when folks like myself do the gastric sleeve or the gastric bypass, that it's just the easy way out. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's not easy because when you decide to make this decision, it's not an easy decision. You have to put your life first. You have to put your health first. Um, when I decided to do this surgery... I recovered from cardiomyopathy where I had congested heart failure and I almost died from that. Mm-hmm. And I got diagnosed with um, stage two prostate cancer. So not only was my heart given out, and luckily, I, you know, um, the, the amazing sense of my wife getting me to the hospital, making sure that I was taken care of and the doctors got to me in time, but also with the obesity, I also got cancer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I got basically whammied twice within less of the period of five years. And, you know, it was something where I, you know, I did the yo-yo diets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I will lose 10 pounds and I say, oh, great, I lost 10 pounds. Let me eat a whole large pizza, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And... Um, I would feel happy that I lost the weight, but then I'll be upset that I gained the weight. So, you know, I I sat down and I looked at my at myself in the mirror and I said, I can't be doing this. Uh, I told my wife, I'm like, hey, listen, I need to do something drastic. And it took a lot of soul searching to decide to get the nerve to go through the surgery. Yeah. Tell, tell a little bit about what that was like receiving that diagnosis about the, uh, the prostate cancer. Um, I, I remember, um, I remember the phone call that you gave to me? It was, it was one of those things where um, I knew there was something wrong with me. I wasn't feeling myself. And, you know, I kept saying it was my weight. You know, yeah, I'm just heavy. I'm heavy. But then finally I went to the doctor and uh, I told the doctor what was going on. He said, oh, you got to go to this doctor. I went to that doctor. And um, he said, oh, you know, you got low T, you got low T. And mm-hmm. that's what they kept saying. You know, anytime you start hitting your age of 40, that's our excuse. Low mm-hmm. testosterone, low T, low T, right? So I didn't believe that one bit. But they mm-hmm. put me on the medication. And then I asked the doctor, is there any else, anything else you can do? And he said, well, you know what, we'll do this, and then we'll do blood work after 30 days. So I did the blood work, and it came back that my PSA level was high. So I said, well, what does that mean? He said, well, we don't know. Um, let's wait another 30 days, and then we're going to do a biopsy. 30 days go by. And uh, I got the biopsy, which I got a wild story about the biopsy. <laughs> but I, I know this is probably a PG-13 show, so I don't want to get into it. <laughs> Fair um, enough. But um, I got the biopsy, and they call me, 
And actually, the doctor called me in the morning and said, may I speak to Angel? And I said, speaking. He goes, you got cancer. Come to my office. And hung up the phone. What? Oh, my yeah, goodness. just like that. Just told me I had cancer, and he hung up the phone and said I needed to make an appointment to see him. Good God. Um, I sat there for a couple minutes because I couldn't believe what I just heard. Like, I thought I was still sleeping. Like, I literally thought I was in a dream. Mm-hmm. I started laughing. I started crying. Then I was laughing again. Then I exploded in anger. Um, after I exploded with anger, uh, my anxiety went through the roof. I felt depression after that. And then I took it out. I started to take it out on people that I knew. Mm. Like, And my wife was my first target because I was just so angry and upset. And I kept telling her, you know, I can't believe that this is what I'm going through, you know, and I would tell her, you know, God is nothing but a bully, you know, I already got sick with cardiomyopathy, now I got cancer, what does he want? He wants me to get hit by a bus, and, you know, I really did, I, I was really angry, and, um, but, you know, we, we found a good doctor, and, you know, they put me on the right path. Um, I end up getting uh, brachytherapy, which is the, um, the surgery where they insert the radiated seeds into your prostate. Mm-hmm. Huh. And uh, believe it or not, I, you know, I went home and they said, yeah, you should be fine. You're going to feel the effects of the radiation, which I was sick a lot. Okay. Um, I couldn't really hold down food very often. I was throwing up. I wasn't feeling well at all. And then little by little, I started to get, you know, my, my senses back. Hmm. And for me at that point, um, I, through my, my depression and my frustration, my anger, I let myself gain more weight. So I end up getting really heavy again. And then I said to myself, I'm like, I have to do something about this weight. So when you say you got heavy again, um, what was your top weight, if you don't mind me asking? 498 pounds. Um, That was before I met Dante. Hmm. 498. 498. Is it hard for you to say that number? Like, is that a... I'm embarrassed. Is Um, that wrong for me to even ask No, absolutely not. Because, you know, my, my... I'm the kind of person that if you ask me a question, I'm going to give you the answer. And it doesn't matter how hard the answer is going to be... It's liberating for me to tell people my story because I think if if I can tell somebody one story, my story, and that one out of all the thousands or hundreds of people I talk to, it helps one person, I can... You know what? I, I did my job. Mm-hmm. I did my job. So probably not in this format, it wouldn't ever be appropriate for somebody to ask another person that question. Would you agree? Because there are some probably some no. people listening that might be trying to get some cues as to Absolutely. how they should interact with somebody Absolutely. who is maybe uh, overweight and they don't quite know how to interact. You with know, them. it's one of those things, you know, what I tell people, if you want to interact with someone who's overweight, be their friend. Don't tell them, hey, you need to lose weight. Or man, look, man, you you know, don't don't try to be their friend by telling them, oh, by the way, I want to be your friend, but you need to lose weight. You're mm. fat. You know, that's not the way to do it. You, If you want to help them, be their friend. When they cry, be the shoulder to cry on. When, when they need help, help them. Mm. You know, if you see that they're struggling, you know, ask them, how can I help you? How can I serve you? And if that person says, hey, I want a large pizza, mm. don't question it. Mm-hmm. Because eventually... A person like me will reach out to you and say, I'm hurting, I'm dying, I'm whatever. Can you please help me? And once the person gives you that permission, once the, the overweight person gives you permission, 
then that's when you can ask all the questions. Well, you know, what can I do to help you? And then you can get into more in their head. Hey, you know, what, what's the heaviest you've ever been? Mm -hmm. And they'll tell you because you already build a bridge with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I sometimes get really upset when I was at my heaviest and people wouldn't approach me because I was overweight. Um, people look at me and say, oh, you know, and I could tell what they were thinking because I would think it too. You know, and it's crazy because I told this to a lot of people and a lot of people don't get this. But when I was at my heaviest at 498 pounds, I could look at myself in the mirror and I did not see a fat person in the mirror. I didn't see myself at 498 pounds, even though my body was saying, dude, you're heavy, man. I still didn't see myself. I think it started to click with me when I was at my heaviest when I went to this McDonald's where I lived at. And this McDonald's, every, I think it's like every Friday, they ran a special 10 cheeseburgers for $10, mm -hmm. right? And I was going through some stuff. So I was, you know, I was, you know, food for me was my, my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Because what a lot of people don't understand is when you're overweight, people could say no to you. People you don't know can say no to you. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the world can say no to you. But food never says no. Mm. Food never says no. You eat it, you eat it. It doesn't say no. It comforts you. It's a blanket that you feel like someone hugging you when you're eating that, that food. But going back to McDonald's, I pull into the McDonald's and the guy's, oh, you know, thank you for coming to McDonald's. How can we help you? I'm like, yeah. And right away, they, got, they recognize my voice. They're like, whoa, hey, Angel, what's going on, big dude? Hey, man, you're going to get those 10 cheeseburgers again? And I said, yeah. He goes, hey, man, you want that supersized fry and that supersized Coke? I'm like, yeah. Hey, you want those two apple pies to go with it too? Absolutely. And I would eat and I would take that into my car and I will sit in the parking lot by myself where no one could see me. Mm -hmm. And I will sit there and eat that. And the world could be coming to an end. But I was sitting there happy because food did not say no to me. Mm -hmm. It was the, the right escape at yes, the right time. Absolutely. Where it was... And I was putting death in my body, but food was telling me it was okay. Hey, you know what, Angel, the world hates you. I love you. Hmm. And Something but, clicked that night? Actually, yeah, it did. Actually, actually, I finished eating the food. I cried. I literally, I just sat there and I cried because the people at McDonald's knew me by the sound of my voice. They knew that I was at 400, almost 500 plus pound guy who ordered 10 cheeseburgers, a supersized fry, drink, and two apple pies. Wow. You know, and it was crazy because it was once a week. And that one time it became twice a week. I would get it on Monday and on Friday. Hmm. Wow. So, yeah, it was tough. So who, who was a part of your, the journey for you? You mentioned that, that you can... When a person gets to that point where they're ready to make a change, a lot yeah. of times there's a person yeah. that they turn to My, to help them through you know, that, that transition of, of trying to uh, address something that they've ignored or they've, uh, they've maybe just pushed off for a while. Mine was, mine was always Dion. Uh, Dion came into my life when uh, I was going through it. You know, I, I went through my divorce. Um, I didn't see my kids. Um, this is back when uh, we had the bubble burst in 2007. Um, I lost my job. 
I lost my house. I lost uh, my relationship, my wife. I lost my children. And I was pretty much, I mean, literally, I was at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, I was, I was um, just feeling just totally down and out. And, you know, that's when I met Dion. And I was very bitter and angry from all the things that happened to me. And Dion was always that one source of light. And she always told me, you know, we're going to do this together. We were up the ladder, we were down the ladder. We were up the ladder, down the ladder, through thick and thin. Every time I just told her I didn't want to be with her, she stood by my side. Um, just a beacon of light that I couldn't see for myself. I was totally blind to the amazing person who was there to help me. And I couldn't see that because I was so just so angry. And I wasn't angry because I was fat. I was just angry at the world because, you know, when you feel like you lost everything and, and you, you lost your job, your house, your kids, your, you know, your, your relationships, and you lost everything, my own family turned their back on me. Hmm. And it was one of those things where I was angry. I mean, I was angry. And then Dion came in my life, and she started to show me there's a different world out there. There are people who, who love you. And I didn't believe her until I met Dante that, wow, there are actually people out there who love me. And I didn't even, I didn't really know Dante that well, but Dante was so genuine with me that I was like so enamored by him. Hmm. And the more and more Dion kept plucking away, she, I mean, literally, I tell people that Dion saved my life because honestly, if it wasn't for Dion, I would probably be dead by now. Mm. Like literally, mm -hmm. it, on, you know, dead in, in the ground or cremated one or two. So, yeah. So let's talk about your, you know, getting to the, the decision to go through with the surgery. Yeah. Um, because I, I've learned this uh, over the last several years, how there's a lot a person has to go through before you get the surgery. Like yeah. usually your physician will have you do this checklist of things. Whether oh, yeah, trust me, we have the checklist. Whether it's we drop, have drop some yeah. weight um, to get yourself in shape to yeah. get the surgery so that way um, they can almost begin to shift your mind and your perspective and Absolutely. outlook on food, your relationship with food and your tendencies and habits. Yeah. If they start to address that before the surgery, hopefully it'll mitigate those habits from happening again. Yeah, absolutely. What was, what was that like for you when you finally got to the position where... You and Dion was like, we're like, let's let's go forward with. So Dion and I went on this amazing vacation two years ago. We went to California. We were there for about four and a half weeks, almost five weeks, and we were in all these amazing places. And I didn't enjoy it because I walked from bench to bench. I couldn't walk more than fifty feet, and I had to stop. Mm -hmm. And we went to Arizona. We went to um, no, I'm sorry, we went to. We went to Vegas, we were in California, we were in Seattle, we went to Seattle, we went to Portland, we went to Idaho. We went to all these amazing places and if there wasn't any place for me to sit, I couldn't do anything. And then at the end of my vacation, getting on the plane from Vegas, I said to myself, man, this was the best and worst vacation ever. Mm -hmm. When I came back, I told Dion, I'm like, babe, I need to lose my weight. I need to lose weight. I need to do the surgery. We need to do this. We need to do that. And I kept pushing her and I kept pushing her. And she's, you know, she wanted us to do the alternative 
all, you know, through keto and through this and through that, but I know myself too well. I will lose 10 pounds today and gain 20 tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I made up in my mind that I can't do this anymore. I can't be doing the yo-yos. So when I told Dion, I'm going to do this. And she said, okay, you know, whatever you decide, I'm going to be by your side. And um, yes, you know, the checklist, you know, you got to lose weight. You got to make sure you're able to maintain. Um, you're, you have to get your B, BMI down to 50. Okay. My BMI was like through the roof. You know, like I said, I was, when I went to go in to do my surgery, I was at 365 pounds when I went to go do the surgery. And... Um, before you do the surgery, you have to kind of cleanse your body. So you're, you're like on this liquid diet for yeah. two weeks. Oh, no. I was the most ugly and angry <laughs> person you could ever meet. You were just hangry yeah, I was, No, hangry wasn't the word, man. I think it was... It, it was, it was there was it a was, nuclear level to this it thing. It was, yeah. man. I, I think I was the worst Lyft driver for those two weeks. I, you know, I normally strive to get a five-star rating, but you when didn't I care. went to... I didn't, <laughs> All I kept thinking about is when can I drink the next shake, uh -huh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the two weeks went by, and when it was time for my surgery, it was right before my birthday. I did the surgery, and when I woke up, I looked at my wife, and I said, I wish I'd never done the, the damn surgery. Mm. That's what I told her. And then she said, Why? And I said, because my birthday is in a couple days, and now I can't have cake. Mm. Cake. Mm -hmm. I woke up from a, a major surgery that's going to save my life, and all I thought about was eating cake on my birthday. So there's this, it's, it's the, as much mental as it is physical, would you Absolutely. say? Or it is. More, like, it's it's blurred. I think for somebody who doesn't understand the life of somebody who's overweight, they just think of it as this physical decision it's both. just don't yeah it's both it's both mental and physical you know the hardest thing for me was going through the transition where i'm at now you know because when you get out of the surgery it's hard to even drink water mm -hmm. i mean i'm a year out from my surgery and it's start it's still hard for me to drink water i mean i can drink water but i can't drink it like i used to like guzzle it down i have to take sips when i drink water um when i eat um i can I can barely eat a half of a half a slice of pizza. Mm. And it's really funny because when I eat that, I feel like I ate the whole thing, but I've only mm -hmm. eaten a half of a half. So it, it's one of those things where I'm glad I, did the, I made the decision to do this because it's teaching me now what to eat and what not to eat and how much to eat. So that's one of the things that I love if I can tell everybody, anybody who's overweight like myself and suffering like I was, I would sit down with them in a little corner somewhere, give them a big hug and say, I understand what you're going through because I went through it too. And let me help you any way I can. And I wish I can get on a tour bus and just hug every, every you know, beautiful big person in the United States because I think that's what we need. We need to have more compassion. We need to have more empathy. Watch that. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, I really think that we need to have more empathy and more pa compassion for people who suffer from obesity because a lot of people think that obesity is just a mental thing. It's not mental. It's both physical. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people get um, overweight for many, many reasons. Some people have been abused. Some people um, have been physically abused, mentally abused. I mean, there's a lot of things that go on with obesity. For me, um, my story about obesity... 
My father was a very strong man. My dad was a very, very tough man with me. I was his only son. And my dad was, if you were to look how you raise your kids in your 70s, in the 70s, in the 80s, if you compare it to now, it would be totally abuse. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But back then, it was a different story. My dad was really, really hard and really hard on me and really, really strict. And my dad, and I'm a little kid. So when I was a little kid growing up, I've always wanted to be bigger than my dad. Because I, I, in my mind, I thought if I became bigger, my dad wouldn't be able to punish me like the way he did. So what happened is through my years of a kid growing up, I would literally eat more. And I'll eat more. To the point where I, I remember I was 16 years old. I was taller than my dad and I was heavier than my dad. And when I realized that I'm now the big man in the room, mm -hmm. it felt good. I felt power that I didn't have before. But what happened is when you are brought up in an atmosphere where you're brought up by fear, anxiety, and depression, and you think your only way out is for you to get bigger than the person who's causing these things to you, what happened is, is you turn on the switch, but there's no turn off switch. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I got to the point where I was bigger than my dad, I kept going. I was taller. I was weighing about 180, 190 pounds. I was solid. And then I was good for a while. But then when I got married and I had children and I was just being, I wasn't being a good husband, I started to gain the weight. Mm -hmm. And I started gaining the weight. And I noticed that people say, hey, big man, what's up? And I, I felt like the big man. I'm like, that's right. I am big. Don't mess with me. But there was no cutoff switch. Mm -hmm. And... And that's what led me to 498 pounds because there was no switch to turn off in my wow. head. So, you know, when you see someone who's obese and you see someone on the side of the street eating food by themselves, trust me, they're crying as they're eating. You don't see the tears, but they're there. You know, you, and their pain is there too. And what they need isn't somebody to tell them, stop, stop eating, what you're doing is, is wrong or bad. Yeah. They need somebody to love them. Just to love them, hug them, love them. And eventually that will turn into them saying, yes, I need help. Mm -hmm. That's powerful, man. Wow. To, just to hear the, the, what it did to your mind growing up with your father and how that impacted you. That's crazy. Um, so let's, let's get a little bit to like post-surgery. Okay. You said, how long, how far off are you from your goal weight now? How many pounds? I'm about 30 pounds away. Okay. 30 pounds away. Oh, I'm sorry. 30 pounds away. <laughs> And um, I can't wait. I can't wait. But it's really funny, but um, I have gained weight. Hey, can I pick this up? Yeah, absolutely. You want to go and pick that up? His um, what? Uh, Angel's wife what do you is calling. Want? <laughs> Angel's wife is calling. She She's told me I need phone. to hurry up and go home. Hi. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was late getting started, and so I still have your husband here. I'm sorry. Dion. She hung up on uh -oh. me. Oh, hello? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She hung up on you. All right. Oh, okay. no. Yeah, she, said, she said something to cut yeah, off. Yeah, I'm in trouble. All right. Okay. Well, um, we got we to gotta let you go then. No, well, no, I mean, let's, <laughs> yeah. uh, we, got, we got two or three more minutes, and then I guess we can so do part gonna, two. I was going to say. Can we, we do part two? Yeah, we can absolutely do part two. Um, and then I was going to say, when you get to that goal weight, we'll have you back to give an oh, update. Oh, wow. Well, That'd I mean, well, awesome. the crazy thing is once I get to the goal weight, my next step is to have skin, skin uh, removal surgery. So I'm going to oh. be even smaller than I am now. Bro. Wow. Yeah, so I'm excited. Multi-step. Yeah, I, 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 hope, I yeah. hope we can get updates along the way. Oh, let I me know. Because I think this let is a story know. that people have questions about. Absolutely. Especially 
people on both sides of the, the issue. People who maybe would be thinking about getting this type of surgery. Absolutely. And people who are naturally thin, who don't really understand the world of obesity. Absolutely. And, and a would, lot of people don't. And have questions that they don't even know how to ask or who they could ask them Absolutely. to. So you, you opening this up to people who are listening gives people an opportunity to understand and then approach. Absolutely. Because right? like when I said, you don't I'm, understand, you kind of keep it at a, at a distance. And, and it's crazy because we're not when, and it's sad, my heart goes out to people that are, that are, especially now that I'm small and I see people that are obese, I constantly have to keep reminding myself that I'm, I was them. But Blair not, I am still like them. Mm-hmm. Just because I lost 130-something pounds doesn't mean that I'm skinny-minded. I'm still fat-minded. I may be skinny-bodied, but I'm still fat-minded. I'm mm. not skinny-minded yet. So once my mind gets where it needs to go. I want to be that beacon that my wife was for me. I want to be that for other people. And, you know, it's really weird because one of the biggest steps and one of the biggest fears for me, I'm going to do a little plug here a little bit. Because yeah, I please know tell people I, how to keep track um, with you and, and hear your, more of your I story. I want people to know who am I, and I want to let people know that, you know, they're amazing regardless what people think and say of them. You know, I love all the big, beautiful people on this earth. I really do. Um, if I don't know you, hey, I want to get to know you. If you don't know me, please feel free and get to know me. Um, there's a couple ways you can reach out to me if you guys don't mind. Please. Me plug in. Um, Blue or not, I'm also a Pampered Chef representative, and I'm a great cook, by the way. And uh, one of the things why I want to plug this way, because one of the things that I didn't mention is when you're obese, right, food, you think you love food, but you really don't. You're just eating to eat, mm-hmm. right? I'm at a point in my life now where I love food because I know food now is for nourishing my body. It's not to keep me warm at night when I'm sad. So now food for me is a totally different outlook. And if there's anybody out there by the sound of my voice and they love what they heard, please, I want you to reach out to me. There's several ways. Um, You can reach out to me on Facebook at DNA PamperedChef.com. Everything is lowercase but the D and it's N like the letter N. Um, and also, you can reach out to me on my on my Gmail if you want to send me an email. It's all lowercase. It's DNA Pampered Chef at gmail.com. You can reach out to me this way. And also, if anybody out there who is dealing with mental health, especially with their obesity, um, I actually know an amazing therapist. She's my wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she is an she is awesome. Amazing. She is an amazing counselor, and she also has an amazing group of counselors that could help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, their uh, their website is counselingrcwc.com. And please, if anybody out there, when once you hear this podcast, you want to reach out to me. Um, like I said, my um, my Gmail account is DNA Pampered Chef, all lowercase at gmail.com and you also can go to facebook and you can find me at dna pampered chef yeah and, and i'm uh, gonna this will be on my website DanteShepherd.com. i'll post all of your info on there too direct link um so they can do it they can do it there too absolutely well. and hopefully we can have a show number two and number oh, three we, we and have to because we we didn't get to the second part we wanted to talk about your future endeavors. Oh, what, yes, what absolutely. Oh, I got a lot of we'll future endeavors. We'll talk yeah. about that later. But Great. before we get out of here, speed round. Okay. Real quick. Do it. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question. First thing come to your mind. Right? Okay. Pepsi or Coke? Definitely Coke. 
Breakfast or dinner? Breakfast. Lyft or Uber? <laughs> of course, Lyft. <laughs> uh, MJ or Prince? Oh, Prince all the way, man. Okay, all right. Can't be friends anymore. Um, favorite movie of all time? Believe it or not, one of my favorite movies of all time, I think it was uh, The Last of the Mohicans. That That's was one of my favorite movies. The soundtrack for that. The soundtrack, absolutely. I, it made me realize how to love a woman after I saw that movie. Ooh, that was wow. like, I was Ooh. like, this is the way you got to love a woman, Whoa. unconditionally. I got to put that I'm on my Netflix queue then. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, a pet peeve of yours? Uh, when people squeeze the toothpaste from the top. Oh, man, that gotta, drives me insane. Gotta you got to go from the bottom. Yeah. That's the only way to do it. Most economical if, way. Absolutely. If you do it from the top, I will never invite you to my house. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite sound? What's my favorite sound? Actually, silence is mm. my favorite sound. I love just to sit in a room and just be quiet. Mm. Least favorite sound. A crying baby. Drives me insane. Uh, last question. When was the last time you cried? And for what reason? Actually, it was a couple days ago. Um, I started thinking about my dad. Mm. Um, it was uh, right... Uh, actually, in, uh, let me take that. It wasn't a couple days ago. It was about a couple days after my birthday. Um, I was thinking about my father. My father passed away from dementia. And just... To know that I turned 48 and my dad wasn't here, it was hard for me. It really was. Um, even though my dad, like I said previously, I said that my dad was just a really strict man, a disciplinarian like there's no tomorrow. But my dad came up to me when I was in my 30s and my dad asked me for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And my dad told me he loved me. And my dad told me that, he, that I was the best thing that ever happened to him. And... You know, just not having him here is hard, man. It really is. I mean, he's my dad. Yeah, yeah. Understood. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but Thanks for sharing, I, know, I just, that's, that's, how I, that, that's how I feel about my old man. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know, Cuban people for life, man. <laughs> they say you want to see a man's real emotions, ask him about his father. Yeah. Hmm. My dad's cool. My dad it was, this, was this little short guy. And even though I towered over him, I was still scared of him. <laughs> Even when I was 498 pounds, my dad is 5'5", five, five, maybe 130, 40 pounds soaking wet, and I was still terrified of my dad. Right on. Because that's how much respect I have for him. But like I said, once I, you know, my dad and I, we, you know, through the grace of God and just gracism, you know, and the love that I have for myself, you know, and God, I started to love my dad all over again. And my dad and I had this amazing relationship before he passed. And uh, we would talk on the phone for hours. And, you know, to this day, I can talk to anybody about my dad. And I will definitely shed a tear because, I mean, he, to me, he's my hero. He's my Batman. He's my Superman. He's my, he's my Captain America. Um, he's my Iron Man. Your whole Avenger and he's, team. He's absolutely, you know, <laughs> except, so... you know he's, he's everything that I've always wanted to be. But my dad, before he passed, said that I surpassed hmm. all his dreams of who I was supposed to become. Hmm. So that was pretty amazing. Angel, there's so much redemption in your story. Thank there's you. so much redemption in your story. And I think that's what makes 
talking with you and knowing knowing you so dynamic. Yeah. So well, thanks I mean, my for story's, sharing. My story's yeah. not over, man. I know. Well, I, I still the best got more is yet to, go. to come, right? I mean, we got the part, best what, is yet two, to come. three, four, maybe seven, oh. eight, nine, ten, twelve. You bet. Fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> if we don't get this man home, he's, his wife's. You're yeah, I'm already in trouble. I was supposed to be home uh, seven minutes ago. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm proud of you, brother. Oh man, I love you guys. I, love I really you. thank you, you for letting me come and spend time here with you guys. And we'll, uh, we'll see you again soon. Huh? Absolutely, Dave. Yeah. Do it. Adios. Peace.